0: so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to
1: Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. I'll be your host and Sherpa up and down Success Mountain, Tony Grubmeyer. I hope you're ready. Today's guest is just gonna be one that's gonna be filled with insight and information, pen and paper, definitely something to write with, uh, if you know you listen to this show long enough, I only bring you the best of the best. And uh, today's guest, he's an expert strategist, a negotiator, a deal maker, over 30 years' experience as a successful entrepreneur, an attorney, a consultant, author, and a professional speaker. Uh, he's the founder of a leading corporate and deal law firm and the founder of DealQuest, a speaking, training, and consulting company committed uh, to inspiring authenticity in business author of an Amazon bestseller. He's also the creator and host of the Deal Quest podcast. Make sure you listen, subscribe, and leave a review. Please welcome to the show today, Corey Cuffer. Tony, it's great to be here. Uh, looking forward to being with you and being with your audience. Hey, you know, Corey, uh, like I said in the pre-show, uh, you know, it's funny, we probably along life's journey ran into each other and didn't know who each other was. But today I'm honored to see you face-to-face, talk to you. Same question everybody out the gate gets. uh, What is your definition of success? Yeah, for for me, and it might seem a little cliche, but it's, you know, it's
2: just about uh, uh, happiness and freedom. My, My highest ideal is freedom, right, in life. And that applies to freedom from oppression for all people around the world, which is one of my commitments, but also freedom to live my life the way I want to live it, right? So for me, that's ultimately success, right? If I could uh, create the life I want if my day-to-day and my week-to-week and my year-to-year looks like the way I want it and I can spend it with the people that I want and I can help the people I want and make the impact I want, that's success.
1: I love that. Hey, where did you,
2: where'd you just grow up? Where was
1: home for you growing up as a kid?
2: Grew up in Brooklyn, New York, uh, you know, low middle-class uh, kid, always food on the table, but uh, paycheck to paycheck. Um, Yeah, that's uh, you know that that's my background,
1: Brooklyn. So when you grew up, sports fan? Were you a sports fan growing
2: up? Absolutely, Uh, yeah. Mets, not Yankees. Mets, uh, football Giants, which was an unusual combination. Thank God, because I at least did one team that won a few. And uh, yeah, Knicks,
1: Rangers. You know, typical New York sports fan. I like it. No, I grew up a Mets fan. uh, To be honest with you, I loved when I was a, a young kid watching the '86 Mets and just watching life happen. And I can tell you about it. every player on that team. And if you ask me about any other winning championship team, I probably could name one or two, but with uh, the Mets back in the day, I loved them growing up. I had a huge fan on um, Sid Fernandez, Kevin Mitchell. When, you, when sure. you start looking at all of the, from the Mookie Wilsons to all the greats that have played there, uh, you couldn't have picked a better team. And, and now, you know, baseball's fun. Baseball and business kind of go hand in hand. And I talk often with people in my life, like we got to figure out your batting average. And I got to tell you, man, Jim Marone talks about it. You know, you bat three for 10, you know, you're a multi-multi-millionaire. Well, here's a guy, it looks like you batted well for the last 30 years. You got some amazing experience at the plate being an entrepreneur, an attorney, a consultant, author, and a professional speaker. Where did this kind of develop from? Where was this kind of passion that you went up to the plate and just started getting on base?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. And by the way, a little, little side note, I was at game six when the ball went through his legs. Um, so um, <laughs> yeah, I was physically there. One of most the best, experiences best, best of my life. But to answer your question, so I you know it's interesting. I was I had an entrepreneurial event from the time I was a kid, and 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 my parents were not entrepreneurs, they worked for somebody for their entire lives, and uh But for whatever reason, I used to deliver flyers door to door in Brooklyn, like I'd work for a company, they paid me a penny a piece to stuff them in people's screen doors. And you were really happy with you got like two flyers, you know, like a supermarket circle and something else, because then you got a penny and a half, and you made uh, a lot more money. Well, so uh, I I ended up um, stopping in stores on my route while I was working for somebody else and getting my own accounts and hiring my friends. So I had a business with, let's not call them employees, because I was not withholding any taxes so we'll call them independent contractors Um, back when i was 15 uh, and ran that for you know for a couple years so i always had this entrepreneurial bent. i ran businesses when i was in college i created stuff and uh but i also had these very sort of you know great but you know traditional get educated get a job parents that was the only route that that they knew um so you know i went to high school college law school I uh, got a job, you know, in big law, um, did that for a while, but, um, but knew that I wouldn't be working for somebody for the rest of my life. And then in, uh, you know, about six years in, a little less than six years in, when I decided I've had enough, I, saw, I actually took four months off, uh, skied in Vermont, uh, you know, because I hadn't taken that, you know, trip to Europe or the, be the ski bum for a year, and I went straight through. I uh, took four months off, skied 40-something days up at Killington. And really what I was deciding was, do I want to, what kind of business do I want to open? Do I want to open a law firm? Because that's what I know. That's what, and, or do I want to open something else? And I decided at that time in a law firm, because I realized that 90% of what I hated practicing law was about working for someone else, not about the practice of law. So that's what I started with. And, and, you know, I've done real estate investment system. I have the speaking training consulting company. My wife's got two companies, you know, so I've really kept that entrepreneurial mindset, which is unusual for a lawyer. And we even, you know, even the law firm itself is run very entrepreneurially.
1: I like that. Yeah, it's also something that's hard as an entrepreneur is to switch off your brain and go in a completely different direction. And and it sounds like a what, just reading a little bit about you and knowing you from what I've seen, a lot of stuff kind of complements one another, right? It, It helps lend kind of a. A nice overview when you're doing it. And and along the way, you wrote a book. Talk a little bit about kind of your book that you launched and, and, and one of the reasons you put that book out there. What was the goal behind that?
2: Yeah, I mean, so for so many years, I you know negotiation was a huge part of what I did, right? Every day, right? I'm a, I'm a deal guy, I'm negotiating, you know, whether it's uh, money deals, licensing deals, or I mean you name it, strategic alliances. And I noticed that I had a different approach from other people. And I had I talk about in the book, in the authentic negotiating book, about two folks I worked for very early in my career and one of whom I say was a master negotiator. I mean, just was able to stay calm through the storm. I give a great example where, you know, I won't go into the detail, but we're up till two in the morning on this major leverage buyout, a uh, $450 million deal dot Dr. drug uh, chain back then. And, you know, how he was the only calm one in the room. And then I went on to another law firm at, with a guy who had the reputation of being a great negotiator, but he was just a pound the table kind of tough guy, which, you know, first of all, I don't believe works in the long run at all, but certainly does not work when you don't have leverage, right? If you have leverage, you can be a tough guy, right? So I had that background and I've been negotiating for that point when I wrote the book, I don't know, tw- you know, 25, almost 30 years professionally. And um, and I decided, and f- frankly, my wife said to me at some point, she said, Corey, you have such mastery in this, you should like get that out there, right? And people were always asking me for advice and all that kind of stuff or whatever. And um, so I decided that Maybe I should write a book. But what I did differently than what some people do is, this is the way I work. Same thing I do with my podcast is I studied the model, right? And some of the things that I found out was that most books sell less than 300 copies. Uh, You know, like 98, 7% of the books sell less than 300 copies. Most people write a book, spend all kinds of time that have no plan around it. Don't know how to leverage it. Don't, you know, so I studied the model for a while. And then when I wrote the book, I wrote it with a very clear plan on how I was going to leverage the book. To create, uh, you know, uh, some, you know, authority, to use authority marketing to get it out there to increase my speaking opportunities. Um, and I knew upfront that I'd be selling some books, but I also be giving away many books in you know, connection with my speaking and otherwise. And, it, and you know, it's been great. It's been perfectly. It's done exactly what I wanted it to do.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's super important. And so many people hand out a business card and just toss it in another stack of business cards. And books can become like that too, but knowing you, seeing your background, understanding the deal making and all those fun things that you get to do. It's not a book most likely going to just be thrown around. It's going to be read and used. And I, I love it. It's an Amazon bestseller. So thank you for uh, sharing a little bit about that. One of the things I love to do is I came from radio. That's my background. So I was a you know podcaster, business guy, radio person, and I had this passion to just keep putting out podcasts. And so this is my third show. I love it. Yeah. But one of the things that I love is talking to other podcasters because it's a market kind of like being an entrepreneur. You kind of have to know it's a long tail. It's not a short tail. Yes. Very rare do you launch and just see this, a windfall of numbers. It takes a long time to get there. And it's also something that can get you speaking gigs as well because your podcast has insight. It tells really quick. You can download and look at your numbers. You can see where you're trending, et cetera. So let's talk a little bit about your DealQuest podcast. And uh, I love the fact, your website, by the way, You know, Corey, drop that URL for everybody when you're talking. But the podcast, I love the format. I love the way that it's laid out. You've got some really amazing marketing around you too. So why don't you share a little bit about your podcast? I want people to download it. If you're listening right now, that means my nudge to you, go like it, subscribe, and leave a review. All reviews help people like you and me to grow our shows, reach new fans, and to really keep putting out content percent, Tony, thank you.
2: So yeah, I mean, so the podcast is the deal quest podcast. So it's on all the players, you can look it up. And uh, my hub website is coreycupfer.com. C-O-R-E-Y-K-U-P-F-E-R.com. You can get to my law firm, click through from there, the other podcast, the book, all that stuff. Um, the, the, the thing with the podcast was it's similar to what I said with the book. I also studied the podcast model, right? Because, you know, there's some staff that the majority of podcasts don't last 15 episodes. Right. And I'm the kind of guy where I either don't do something or if I do it, I'm doing it. Right. Like I'm doing it full out. I'm, I'm never going to be somebody who does 14 episodes and quits. So I'm going to do zero episodes or I'm going to do hundreds of episodes. And then maybe, you know, there'll come a time where I do something different, just the way I'm wired. Um, so I studied the model. Now, w- one of the things that I was clear on when I lost SteelQuest Quest is that I wasn't looking to necessarily, I mean, listen, obviously the numbers continue to grow and we have a great audience and all that stuff. But I wasn't looking to get a million downloads. That was not the purpose of the buy. It's not a general interest podcast. It is a, it's specifically a niche podcast for business owners and executives who are looking to grow inorganically through deals. Or they're just frustrated because they have trouble. You know, they're stuck or they're not growing at the rate they want through organic sales. And you need to have sales and marketing and do all the organic stuff. And you have to do that. It's just that such a smaller percentage of companies take advantage of deal-driven growth. And it's such a huge opportunity. It's not for everybody, but it's for many more companies that are doing it. So that was the purpose of the podcast is to just get out there and, and show folks how many different, I don't care what stage of growth you're in, I don't care where you're located, I don't care what industry you're in, there's a deal that you can do. It's not just, you don't need major capital necessarily, although we have people on, you know, I have people on who are venture capitalists and we talk about funding deals, we talk about big MA, but we also talk about online affiliate deals and licensing and strategic alliances and business partnerships. So every, and, and 20, you know, uh, or a hundred other types of deals So we're trying to blow the misconceptions around deals, that deals are only for certain companies, that need capital to do them. Uh, And and, um, what it's done is it's gotten a very loyal niche, right, group of listeners, which, by the way, happen to be the perfect folks for my offerings in DealQuest in terms of the consulting and the training, and also on the law firm side, because those are my clients. And at the same time, the thing that people underestimate a lot, and I know you know this, is the... Guest strategy of having a podcast. It's the ability to build relationships with folks that you may not otherwise be able to get access to, but they want to come on your show because they have a book coming out and they want to promote their company, whatever. And then you get to have a relationship, build a relationship with them. And I will tell you that the referrals I've gotten to business from guests alone, I can do this podcast for a
1: decade and it would be, you know, it would be worth it already after two years. Yeah. You know, people spend a lot of time thinking, you know, I don't think I'm going to do a podcast. It's just not going to play out. The numbers don't line up. You know, I'm going to invest so much time and money. I'm like, okay, wait. But you're going to throw a bunch of money at YouTube, marketing on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, hoping something sticks. Bet on yourself. That's the thing that I've gambled on every day of my entire life. I bet on myself. And I, I believe if I stick with something long enough, that's why I'm proud. Like in all the times that I've had a podcast, it's been since uh, 2015, I've never missed an episode. I've always made sure like stick to your schedule, do what you say, be impeccable with your word. And it's not a numbers game, it's a relationship game. And the relationships are built by people who buy into you. And now podcast gives them the ability to get to know you without really knowing you. And then I asked my guest, like, how did you find me? He's like, well, I was a listener and you pitched, like, come on my show. And I said, it's really interesting. You, You give that like personal kind of invitation and the floodgates open. I like agencies and like that, but I like people who are still betting on themselves every day. And that's what a podcast is. So appreciate no you. Question. No question. And,
2: and listen, I love doing it. That's the other piece, right? Like I can sit down whether I'm being interviewed on a show like this or so whether I'm doing my own podcast. For me to sit down and interview somebody, I, I love it. And then I have an amazing team around me that. And it's it and puts it out and even creates, you know, the the collateral content around it and all that kind of stuff. So I get to do what I love, which is another thing that's, you know, huge for me in business. I believe in the highest and best use. You know, you should do things you're great at, that you love, and that are highly leveraged and make a difference. And if you only get to do those things, then your business life is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. You know, there's so many cool things that I, I like come to mind just talking to you. I mean, A... I love the fact that baseball I can just instantly go back to and you're like, yeah, I was at game six. I watched that happen. And I was like, (laughs) man, I remember where I was at, you know, game six, I was walking through the hallway anticipating that tonight I got to watch. I was, I was living in Santa Cruz. I was living with my father. I was actually, I'm going to date myself, but I was in junior high. And I remember, I'm like, oh my gosh, tonight's that game. Right. I never would have imagined. And when you think about that moment, being at the game and using that as a moment to remember, like I was at that game. I watched that happen. Business yeah. is a lot like that. Like you've seen a lot happen over your career. Would you mind sharing kind of a moment where you realized you're like, I'm really good at this. Like when you go to become an attorney, for example, you got to have something inside of you. You're like, I'm actually good at this. Was there something early on in your life that played a role into helping kind of shape that path specifically for you?
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think that one thing that comes to mind is when I first started my own firm, um, which was six years out of school, uh, which is relatively early, I did not have a book of business because when you work in big law firms, they don't encourage you to develop your own business. They want you to be available for the partners, right? Uh, and then it's funny because then in order to make partner, you need to have business, but they discourage you from developing it. That's a whole comment on big law, but whatever. Uh, but the point was that. I left uh, the firm I was at in 1991, beginning of 92, which was a recession, if anybody remembers. What lawyers were getting laid off all over the place. People told me I was crazy. I had no clients, all right? I was just done though. I needed to do something, you know, on my own. And I launched it, um, you know, paying my rent on credit cards. I ended up 115, $120,000 in debt by the time I started making money, right? I went from a six-figure salary, uh, you know, uh, to make netting $17,000 my first year. But to answer your question, I think one of the biggest things that had me be successful back then and told me, hey, I could do this, was that I sort of created this rule, which was very uncomfortable in the beginning, but ended up working out. And that was that if somebody said, can you do this for me? I didn't need to know how to do it when I said yes, but- the integrity in it was I needed to be confident that I could figure it out and do it well by the time I had to get it done, right? So if somebody's going to hire me today and, you know, they need something in two weeks, if I was confident I can figure it out by then, I would say yes. Whereas a lot of folks won't do that, right? You know, they're going to stay in their comfort zone, only what they know. So the ability to take that risk, the ability to bet on myself, right? And the ability to say, hey, I'm going to go figure this out. And the ability to, to say if there's something that actually, and I was really honest about it, if I couldn't figure it out in time, I'd say no. So I wasn't desperate. I wasn't taking business I shouldn't. I wasn't serving people. I wasn't gonna mess up my reputation. But at the same time, I wasn't only gonna bank on what I knew how to do at that time because in the beginning I was doing a lot of stuff that I hadn't done before. Now I, after like a year and a half, it sort of came back into the stuff I love to do because I could, I was able to get there. But in the beginning, you know, I was running out of credit line, um, so I had to make some money. You know, so
1: hundred, you know, 120, 150 in credit card. debt's not fun compounding interest, but you know, you made it huge lesson in there too. For any of you guys listening right now, if you zeroed in on it, you know, once again, he bet on himself. He, he saw the opportunity because the book of business that, you know, he wanted to create, it wasn't really said, hey, you shouldn't go do this. It was kind of frowned upon. Yep. Once again, when you bet on yourself and you begin to do what you want, and, and as I'm talking to you, the listener right now, Corey said in the very beginning, something really, really basic. What's your definition of success? It's freedom to do what you want with who you want, when you want, right? You've heard that so many thousands of times, but that's the guest that I'm bringing to you. So think about it today in the lane you're driving right now in your life. Are you headed towards the thing that you've dreamt about? Or are you driving somebody else's vehicle going to where they want you to go? You have the opportunity, you get one life, you're not a cat. So remember that as we kind of keep listening this theme today, it's really straightforward. In a day and age when business cards are handed out, Corey decided to write the book. The book was there because his wife nudged him and he goes, oh yeah, I need to do this. And then he said, I needed to do it my way versus the way all the other books have been written. And he gave two prime examples. So I want, as you get ready to kind of go about your day and your life and your week, think about where you're at as a listener in life, who are you taking advice from? Somebody who's got 30 years of experience or somebody who's new and trying to just figure it out as they go? Corey has a plan and that plan was stated and you can learn more about it today. Go to Corey's website, right? C O R E Y K U P fer.com. You go there, deal quest podcast, learn about it, the law firm, you're learn about everything that Corey dropped today and so much more. The goal for you is like deodorant, put it on daily and you won't stink. And if you forget it, remember to buy it and get it on as fast as possible. Inspiration only lasts for a while, but if you can build consistency in your life, you can share a story like Corey's over 30 years experience in the game. Thank you, Corey, for dropping by the show today. It was awesome to have you. Simple, straightforward stuff, applicable to anybody listening. Doesn't matter what industry you're in. Thank you, Corey, for being a guest. Tony, it's great to be here and great to connect. All right, that's Corey. My name's Tony, and until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks
0: for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question.